You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Your humble host, the once conducted the now defunct Devin Funches hype train, rom com aficionado, worshiper of Nikhil Harry and Damian Harris, truther of the old married guy, Pete Rogers. I am joined by some of the guys. We have El Saboteur, proud father of Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine and wine connoisseur, the working girl, Jordan Smith, and the biggest 49ers fan you know, Arya Stark is a spirit animal, the only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald, and a fan of what scientists lovingly call facts uh the ginger normal man nick Botterford. guys how are we doing tonight pretty good what's up with you man <laughs> are you okay <laughs> you, you, you sound like you were your luck <laughs> yeah sounds was, like you were screaming at a sporting event of some kind that was one of my match. one of my best friends uh wedding this weekend uh and so i was having arguably too much fun lost my voice and i uh, also broke my nose so Wow. I hope uh, you lost your voice and broke your nose in a fun way? Question mark. <laughs> the voice the voice I lose way too easily. Any kind of like good music, I lose my voice. And then the nose, yeah, I was dancing with a friend of mine and decided to pull off this move of I slide under his leg, in between his legs. And then he sat on my chest and kind of grinded on it. And then I did like a toss. I threw him up in the air to have him like jump off of me while I slid under him, but then he just landed butt first on my nose and broke it. So that's how that happened. So now my nose is just kind of smushed down a little bit more. I've, I've never heard of or met anybody who has gotten nose broken by ass. By ass. <laughs> ass meeting nose. And, and now my nose is broken. Are you much larger than you appear? And was this person, t- how are you going to throw him? Oh, I was just going to push him up in the, just like, cause like he was sitting, like I get my hands under his butt and then you just like, while he jumps and I push, I mean, I'm, I'm amazing. like, do you like buff wise, Nick, do I not look buff to you? You asshole. I just, I, I, throwing a man is different than being <laughs> drunk. I, I understand that like drunk dancing is when you're the most confident and you're just like, I'm ready to go. But it's probably the worst time to try something new. Oh, it's the absolute. <laughs> I think it was a combination of like being like, ooh, this move could look good. And also being like, all right, this guy needs to get off of me right now because I want to get up off the ground. I also oh, then yeah. tore, I tore a massive hole in the suit that we rented right down the crotch. <laughs> so I'm also buying a suit. <laughs> so uh, Pete, just to... Um outdo you i've broken my nose i think seven times and had two surgeries on it so talk to me when you get there but uh a good nose break story was my my roommate uh freshman year of college he he broke his nose and he told me that he was on a run and that he actually ran into a tree branch and (laughs) 
I was just, I was trying to say, you just just didn't see it. Yeah, the story didn't add up. And so I was like, okay, what's going on here? Eventually, I find out that he had been LARPing. (laughs) And and he decided he was, I I finally got him to tell me the story. And he was like, I was leading a charge. And at which point I lost it. But he basically tried to do like like a slide tackle and take out this dude's shins with his sword. And the guy saw it coming and just posted up. And with like a golf swing. Quick question. I know this is probably a dumb question, but what is LARPing? Live action role play, baby. It's so, like with like in role models, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, role models, exactly. ah, okay. <laughs> better visual. <laughs> <That's> hilarious! <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I've only bro- this is the fourth time I've broken my nose, so I haven't reached your six or seven or whatever you were at. Nine, I uh, I broke my nose at a, a bachelor party, so so we're pretty close. That's that's pretty that's pretty close. I've yeah no mine this is this was a wedding so clearly a very exciting and very eventful wedding it was an amazing time uh it was yeah thoroughly enjoyable for everyone who who was there so had a great time um but during the wedding is when I found out about what we're going to be talking about in today's podcast uh all of a sudden completely out of the blue seemingly Andrew Luck just retired um and so I feel like that's really the only thing to talk about right now we're going to talk about everything that comes out of this i it seemingly caught the whole nfl world uh off guard um and so we'll talk first impressions we're going to talk about where the colts can go from here talk fantasy fallout um and just kind of try to cover everything and put together the aftermath of what is one of the more shocking retirements in and maybe even shocking kind of like sports occurrences uh in recent memory so I think the first place to start, like I said, with with in regards to Lux retirement is just kind of first impressions. I feel like first impressions isn't exactly the right word, but like I would say like what what is this retirement? What have you been thinking about during this retirement? Because for me, the two things that really came out of it for me was a curiosity as to if this is going to become a new norm. And we'll touch on that later uh, in, in the NFL of players putting their body before the sport, especially players who you know, luck did all four years at Stanford and graduated with, I believe, a degree in architecture, I think, um, and like is, is a very smart, intelligent guy and clearly like can take can do other things outside of football. But also it was a sickening reminder at sometimes how garbage sports fans can be. Uh, the Colts booing him uh, when he left the field for the last time, Colts fans booing him, uh, just fans being just the sentimentality of like, uh, you know, why are you letting me down? Like you should be putting yourself on the, like that kind of mentality seemingly uh, reared its ugly head a lot this weekend surrounding this. Uh, Jordan, we'll start with you. Like what are, what are other kind of takeaways or, or just kind of, general general feelings that you've come away from this retirement with yeah one of my actual first uh thoughts about it wasn't even about the colts um and if you want to talk about repercussions later we can talk about that because i was definitely thinking about another team after this happened um but a lot of it had to do like with the reaction to it like i don't think andrew luck retiring for the sake of his health is a big deal like he should be able to do what he wants to make sure he takes his health into consideration. 
Um, and I, I thought, and I, I tweeted this too, that it kind of, the reaction and some people like, you know, the Doug Gottliebs or, you know, the few dozen hundred people that were at the game booing Andrew Luck, it all feeds into this like weird psyche that fans somehow feel like they own NFL players or that the NFL players or just professional athletes in general yeah. owe them something. Um, ironically, I think fantasy sports can feed into that sometimes. Uh, you know, don't be that guy that's like, hey, man, I, I played you this week and you only rushed for 50 yards and you didn't even find the end zone. I hate you. Do better next time. Like, sure, if you want to interact with them on Twitter, like before the game, be like, hey, man, I'm playing you this week. I'm rooting for you. Let's go. You know, be their hype man unofficially on Twitter. But, you know, don't don't be that fantasy player that's like, oh, I drafted Andrew Luck. Like, don't be OJ Simpson. You don't want to be compared to OJ Simpson in this scenario. <laughs> never, never be OJ Simpson. I feel like it's a good thing to like live your life by. Good mo- life motto, right? <laughs> be OJ. That should be added to uh, to Jordan's intro. <laughs> <laughs> never, be be never be OJ. Never be OJ. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that there's uh, there's a special kind of shitty person that chooses to uh, send negative statements to players based on fantasy it's just a a shitty inexcusable thing to do and it um really pollutes what can be a really fun environment um i'm happy for him and and i think if we're going to get mad at anybody we should be furious with ryan gregson for ruining what could have been an amazing career i mean it was luck did have an amazing career but it, it it could have been like a surefire hall of fame thing and building the the shittiest offensive line he could possibly build for this guy is is a crime it's it's really really frustrating i think i heard today that he that luck had been sacked more in his first like five or six seasons than any other quarterback by 65 sacks or or hits maybe but anyway the the number is astronomical it's just it makes me so mad that that so many bad decision makers are allowed to retain their jobs just because it's an old boys club. Yeah. And this was a popular thing to go around Twitter. And I'm quickly trying to see if I can uh, call it up. Here you go. Uh, the thing that was going around was all the shit that luck has gone through uh, injury wise in his career through six seasons, which is crazy that you also think about it, that luck has been, you know, is hasn't really played that much he hasn't been around in the league that long um, and has even played less seasons because of these injuries he said torn cartilage and two ribs a partially torn abdomen a lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood at least one concussion a torn labrum in his throwing shoulder and this mysterious calf ankle injury uh, that that led to this ultimately we i mean and like i said at the top like we this is another seemingly a trend or or maybe it will be Gronk also was in the same way where Gronk retired obviously he played a little bit longer and had and maybe had cemented himself as a hall of famer I don't think luck has necessarily done that um but he retired because he was his body couldn't hold up he couldn't withstand the blows and he couldn't and he just wanted to make sure that he was going to be able to live <laughs> the next 60 years of his life walking and standing and moving around and luck I think is doing the exact same thing where it's luck's 29 I think um and so he's got the next 30 I mean excuse me he's going to be 30 he's got the next like 60 to 70 years of his life to think about and you're starting to see players 
put a little more stock in like, how will I be physically at the end of my career? At a certain point, is it worth continuing to play? And it seems like that that threshold is is getting lower. It's by no means get you know, it's not a universal thing where it's gotten so low that people are retiring early. Uh, but it seems like we're starting to see uh, more high level profile, high profile players after big injuries seriously consider like, all right, is this it? Do I really want to have to rehab and play again and threaten even something worse happening or what have you? Yeah. Yeah. Go, go for it, Jordan. Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm not, you know, trying to be football hipster by loving Quentin Nelson or, you know, if I say something like David Bakhtiari is a top 10 to 15 player in the league, I'll die on that hill too. <laughs> it's, it comes from a place of like, no matter how much the NFL has changed over the past couple of years, you still have to protect your franchise. Right. Like you still need really good football players and watching Andrew Luck toil for years without a decent offensive line, seeing them actually make a concerted effort to draft Quentin Nelson well, six overall and seeing the uh, cascading effects from that pick alone and watching them actually develop a good offensive line towards the back end of last year was great to see because you're like finally maybe this will unlock the Andrew Luck that the Colts let Peyton Manning walk away right for you know so I think people forget that given wrapped up in Luck's injuries and and just that like I mean it's not like luck is, and, and we've seen a lot of quarterbacks since luck who've come into the league, who people have gotten really, who have been really highly touted, but luck, luck was basically a shoe in for the hall of fame, physically gifted, physically talented, could make every single throw in the book was big, strong, could run and was like fully prepared to take that step to be one of the best quarterbacks the NFL had ever seen. And you're right. Poor roster construction has basically left him, it left him unable to play and and not wanting to play too. Like it's he, that's what he said as well. Like he touched on the fact that it's just that he's not, he's exhausted. He's mentally tired. And I could totally understand that. Like that's gotta be an awful way to spend your early twenties, just getting fucking rocked by 300 pound men because the team that's supposed to be putting his, you know, success around you decides, well, you know, what do, why do we need to invest in an offensive line when we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league? That should be fine. That should be good enough. Yeah, let's draft more receivers. Right. Um, Pete, I did want to ask just for, for uh, uh, informational purposes. Who, who was it that tweeted that out? The, the oh, uh, let, me, let me bring that back up. Uh, and it was, it was uh, Zach Kiefer. Okay, cool. Um, one guy who I think might have, sort of started this uh this cascade of of players retiring early um i'm sure you guys will remember chris borland yeah. in, in 2015 he was supposed to step in for i think it was navarro bowman patrick willis he retired. Was, it, was it patrick willis okay patrick willis retired, um, yeah but he was like gonna be the next big niners linebacker and had like three concussions in his two or three years and One, he was his rookie off. year he, he, yeah, he finished his rookie year, defensive wow. player of the year, and everyone was like, oh, sick, this is awesome. And you're right, he had like two or three concussions, and then he was like, nah, this is dumb. Like, I'm 22 years old. I don't want to be like a vegetable by the age of 28. That took guts in in, in that era, man. Um, I, I mentioned a while back when I, I got to go to the, the Mina Kimes live show here in Seattle, and KJ Wright was there, and 
he was talking about his new podcast. And so I checked out the, the first episode I checked out. Um, he brought on Lofa Tatupu and they, they discussed whether players should play hurt. And I, I was just, I just turned it off immediately. He was like, yes, players should play hurt. That's what you do as a player. And it was like, I, I can't, I can't listen to this. That that's the mentality that's drilled into these people. And it like, it, you don't have to do this fight, fight, fight for your right to have awesome yeah. health care and have your teammates support you. And like, don't, don't sacrifice your body just so that I can sit on my couch lazy on a Sunday morning to shout at you. Yeah, the, the issue is, it's just that it's hard. Like, yes, you want it ultimately to be at that place where players who are hurt don't need to play hurt. But the problem is, is that the whole team construction, the whole way the NFL is constructed and the way coaches perceive things is just like, okay, well, if you're hurt, this is the next guy up. And if that guy outperforms you, now you're expendable and that's your contract, that's your livelihood, that's your, you know, that's your job. And so, yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's a really hard situation that players are forced into because it's something where it's you want to keep your body healthy you want to be able to play for as long as possible and you don't want to come away from the league or come away from your career with crippling injuries but on the other hand if you set out for every you know little bump and bruise that you might have at, at any level of extreme like that's how you get that's how someone takes your spot that's how you get passed over that's how coaches will look at it and see it and now you know maybe that's how you lose your job and it's it's a tough line to play I think ultimately in terms of luck, I shared this sentiment when Gronk retired too. It's like, this was the right decision for luck. And I'm glad that he went out on his own terms. I'm glad that he has the courage and the ability because a lot of it, I mean, he's made enough money to comfortably retire at the age of 29. So like, it's also good to recognize that and be like, Hey, I don't need to, you know, put my body on the line anymore if I'm not feeling up to it. And I'm going to do something else that will hopefully keep my body functioning for well into my, you know, seventies and eighties. Yeah. Unfortunately, current players don't get like the, uh, the 2020 vision to see, you know, right. what they'll, uh, what they'll look like or what they'll feel like when they're 50 or 60 years old, they can hear it from, you know, all, all the legends, the old timers as much as possible, but it's like, they still are just they, they consider themselves warriors and they will go out there no matter what some of them are, it, you know, it's just unfortunate, but it was their way out of a difficult situation out of, you know, poverty out of, um, you know, escaping gangs or anything like that, you know, getting a scholarship to college because of football is their only way of uh, getting out of a certain situation. And that's systemic, you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole that we're getting away from Andrew Luck. Uh, about but yeah I mean it's it's a difficult sport and grown men are physically probably not supposed to be playing the game right but they do it I mean 20 I, I wish at 28 I could tell 21 year old Pete to like slow down a little bit and like learn how to stretch before you go for long prolonged exercises because my like I'm a, my body's old now and I'm, I played nowhere near the level of physicality of sports that like a professional athlete has played at this time. But just like the, the, uh, the gumption of a 20 year old, like ah, my body will be perfect forever. Let alone like, you know, you're not looking forward 20 years. You're not even looking forward like two, 10 years. Yeah. I remember when you used to like be able to drink all night and not wake up with a hangover the next day. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> the body changes, man. Yeah. I tore my meniscus a couple weeks ago, standing up at a bad angle. 
Oh no! That's, that's a bummer, Nick. That sucks. <laughs> Falling apart. <laughs> um, okay. All right. We'll bring this. We'll bring this back to Andrew Luck uh, and the Colts. Um, and now that they don't have a franchise quarterback, because seemingly this, I mean, as much as this shocked us in the the sports fandom and the sports world. Uh, it seemed like the Colts maybe, or Jim Ayersay at the very least, had maybe a slight inclining to this, but they all also seemed to be caught relatively unawares by this. So what? where do you guys think? Nick, we'll start with you this time. Like, Where do you think the Colts go from here? Is it a bottom out and get the best draft pick you can? Is it try Jacoby? Is it make trades? What would you do? What do you think they're doing? So, I, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll roll Jacoby Brissett out there. I'm going to start things off with a deep cut um chad kelly is a legit prospect and he is deep on that bench but that dude is a smart uh, smart player on the field dumbass off of it um but he understands that chucking the ball deep is an awesome way to put up yardage and put up points and he plays with like ryan fitzpatrick levels of i don't give a fuck uh i think that they should absolutely audition him to see what what they have in him. So you're you're thinking it's it's stick with see what kind of young guys you got on the roster, see what you can develop. Maybe you wonderfully tank uh, and fall get a high pick, but you're thinking it's it's stick with the young guys and just kind of see where this roster can take you. Yeah, see what you got. I mean the the it's it's not a secret that one Chris Ballard's a a, a salary cap wizard, but two having a guy on a cheap a young quarterback on a cheap deal is one of the single biggest advantages of football. You might as well see if you have a solution in house. Yeah. There was a lot of um, talk just floating around the media space today of like how long um, Ryan Gregson and Jim Ursay might've had some sort of idea that Andrew Luck was going to retire. Um, even dating back to last year when there were like, no, we're not going to trade Jacoby Brissett right now. We're going to hang funny. on to him. Yeah. Um, or even, um, even like this year, you know, they didn't spend a whole lot in free agency like we kind of thought they might because they were like right there and, you know, throwing some, you know, a couple buckets of cash at some really good blue chip players might have been able to just push them over the top alone based on talent. But um, I don't know what they do. I feel like Jacoby Brissett, everybody's been trying to get on the uh, – bandwagon pretty early this during these um last couple hours uh to try to you know hedge and say hey i think they're gonna be pretty good with jacoby Brissett. i mean maybe jacoby's gonna lead them to a playoffs that's kind of like a a no-lose scenario by you know being the guy that says they believed in jacoby Brissett and suddenly he's good um i feel like they should just go into next year gearing towards drafting a quarterback in the first round um because they have a lot of other talented guys on cheap deals too. So I feel like you can line up some pretty decent timelines there. Um, uh, the, I mean, the salary cap is like a myth, basically. It doesn't really yeah. exist for NFL teams. But at the same time, you know, if you can get a cheap quarterback next year when there's like three to four good prospects, that sounds pretty decent. For the right. I mean, I was going to say, especially since next year, like there's two of us supposed to declare um, the Clemson guy. Isn't he supposed to sunshine? Isn't he supposed to declare? Justin Herbert's probably going. Um, and then you also have, I mean, you also have, young, you know, 
guys who have just finished their rookie contract who may or may not get re-signed. James Winston, Marcus Mariota, Dak, if he doesn't get re-signed. So, like, you, you, there's there's going to be young guys on the market, and there could be young guys that you could draft. Um, yeah, I, I think that's – I think we've touched on it. I mean, I think that's the clearest thing that they're going to do. This is what they did last year, 2017, right, with Jacoby Brissett, and just ride him out and see what you can do. So you see what you've got in-house – I was thinking, wouldn't it be fun if, and by fun, I mean just wonderfully awful if the Colts decided to uh, double down on the Mannings and trade for Eli just to help the Giants out and so they could have both both Mannings in-house. Um, but I don't think that that's going to ever happen. Maybe, maybe my one dream, or not dream, but a nice thing, maybe this is where Teddy Bridgewater goes to re- reconstruct his career. Maybe the Saints, you know, toss toss uh send him over to indianapolis for i don't know fourth or fifth and teddy bridgewater can rebuild his career after his devastating knee injury and and do something for the colts but uh there's not too much for them to do right now and i think it's going to be basically uh unfortunately for fantasy and we'll get into that unfortunately i think it's going to be bobbing the barrel pickings at quarterback and really putting most of your faith and trust into jacoby Brissett as uh being able to provide something for the colts offense the Bridgewater idea is fun. I like that idea, didn't you? Yeah, I was, I was, I was a fan of that. Uh, but let's get into the fantasy fallout because there's a lot of guys. I mean, again, I'm pouring a lot out for my Devin Funches hype train, which is currently on the tracks dead. Uh, we're going to get into fantasy fallout, but before we get into that, uh, let's do a quick break for some advertisements. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, now that we're back from that, uh, there's a lot of players on this Colts offense who everyone was really excited about for fantasy this year. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton has always has high expectations. I just was a little bit into Devin Funches this year. You know, didn't really like put too much stock into him. Definitely didn't draft him in every league that I have drafted so far and definitely did not create a hype train that I was so excited for him to succeed. But so that's been fun and you got eric ebron and jack doyle and then and then the backfield marlon mack and naheem Hines. so i figure we'll go through all of those guys and kind of talk about how we're feeling after the andrew luck news we'll start with ty hilton in my book it obviously hurts him i think there are very few people i actually only have one person on out of those guys who i just mentioned who andrew looks surprise retirement might actually help bump up his stock a little bit Definitely hurts him. I don't know if it hurts him as much as some people have been projecting. I have him falling down to like wide receiver, I don't know, 17 to 20 range. Um, in 2017, he was a wide receiver 24 with Jacoby. I think that gets a little bit better now just because of the fact that it's not just him. 
that you have Devin Funches, you have Paris Campbell, you have Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, um, and you have an offense that's going to now be constructed around Jacoby Brissett or whomever's at quarterback rather than like feeling like a stopgap. Um, but where, where do you have T.Y. falling now, Jordan? I feel like I'm still pretty in on T.Y. Hilton. I, I think it comes down to how much of a target share he'll get. And I think when in doubt for the Colts offense, they should try to target their best players, which is pretty much what they did early last year when they were dealing with a uh, hampered luck and a very crappy O-line. Do you guys want to speculate wildly for a second? Hell yeah. So over the weekend, there is a rumor sparked by uh, Michael Lombardi from The Athletic who said that to be on the lookout, there could be a potential top wide receiver on the market that'll blow your mind. And my friend at the time said he thinks it's T.Y. Hilton. And then Andrew Luck retired after he said that. So I'm like, hey, those flames are even hotter. I will definitely deal everything for T.Y. Hilton to come to Green Bay. Let's go. <laughs> I like Jordan. Jordan's That's my like, wild speculation. <laughs> Jordan hears like mild wide receiver rumors. And he's like, oh, he's coming to Green Bay. It's going to be great. We're going to love it here. <laughs> That's like a wash, rinse, repeat for Packers fans. Somebody becomes available. <laughs> oh, my Can God. Get him? <laughs> oh, it happens every time, too, with the Patriots. Anytime a veteran receiver is like looking somewhat disgruntled. Andre Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. Everyone was like, oh, to the Patriots. <laughs> the Packers, your guys' receiving core is so complete. It's so what? It's so good. It's complete. It's really good. That would be hilarious if they just added him. Because why not? Gotta have I think it's, yeah, him. I think it's actually like pretty decent. It's going to be slightly underrated this year. Yeah. But I like Ghost. I like the I like the TY gets traded. That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, why if I were the Colts, so I could. Yeah, that's a move you would make. Dick, what do you feel about TY? Um, all right. So, I mean, on the traded front, he's not one of the guys that I, I if I saw that, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I, I would not be shocked. I'd be shocked if like Julio was traded. Um, but anyway, it's Devonte Adams. They're doing a switch Devonte Adams for T Y Hilton. Who says no. Downgrading. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Don't do that. Uh, so he's going to get his targets. I don't know. I think that he retains more value in like full point PPR leagues than he does in half point or, or standard just because he's going to get plenty of volume, but it's going to be bad volume. Like these aren't going to be as on target of balls as they obviously would have been from luck They're He's just not as good of a quarterback. So they're, they're, I, I don't like it. I, I'm probably fading him. I think that he drops down to like a, a wide receiver three for me. Um, for the other receiving options, or at least like the other receivers, I, I'm I'm just fading them all. What you're not touching Devin Funches anywhere? I'm not touching Devin Funches <laughs> anywhere. Not a single part of his body you're touching. My <laughs> God, Nicholas, how no could you? <laughs> I think it actually um, it downgrades the Jack Doyle stock, and I think the Eric Ebron stock got a little bit higher because I think interesting. Doyle only really had some fantasy relevance because Andrew Luck like to throw the football to him and that i agree with yeah i the eric ebron i've been fading all off season because it just i don't think that he's going to put up 13 touchdowns again um especially mm-hmm. with devin funches maybe i don't think he touches 13 again but maybe you don't need to fade him as aggressively now i think jack doyle i agree with you jordan i think jack doyle loses all fantasy relevance um 
because of this. I think that he's clearly the only thing that's really been keeping him around has been uh, his connection with luck. I, it pains me, you guys. I really want Devin Funches to still be good in this offense, but I just am not sure it's going to happen considering Devin Funches has been like fine with Cam Newton. Um, and I was really expecting Luck as an upgrade over Cam to make Devin Funches an upgrade over Panthers Devin Funches. But now uh, Jacoby Brissett is not going to help bring Devin Funches up to the level that I was expecting him to, which is really killing me, really crushing me. This is not just my voice being gone. This is me on the verge of tears, you guys. Yeah, I think unless uh, Brissett or Swag Kelly show us that they were like <laughs> – Obsessed. Yeah, I'm going to make this a thing. Unless they show us that they were like obsessed with throwing the tight end, um, I don't think that any pass catching option has an improved stock losing Andrew Luck for for one or two of these. Right? Guys. No, no, that's that's not how this world works. <laughs> um, but we can talk about the run game because that could have some fluctuation in a more positive light. Um, Nick, what are you feeling about Marlon Mack now? So. Uh, it's obviously a different situation, but when, when luck was out previously, Frank Gore got the rock a ton on the ground. And I think it, they're an interesting offense, the way that Frank Wright calls plays, they go super heavy and pass uh, when they're losing or in a neutral game script and then go crazy heavy rushing the ball when they're up. So that's going to be interesting to see how that changes uh, now, given, given the current situation. Uh, at the end of last year, Marlon Mack was starting to steal third down and pass, just passing game looks from Naheem Hines. Uh, Hines' snap count just plummeted, and, and they were keeping Mack on the field for all three downs. So I he probably gets more volume than he would have with Andrew Luck on the field, but I do think that they're going to run him a lot, so it's going to be a lot uh, less optimal touches than, than it could be. Um, but I do think that he unfortunately drops a bit in the rankings because of the fact that he was basically a monster in the red zone and they're not going to be in the red zone nearly as much as they were uh, without Andrew Luck. So I, I think he tumbles out of the like safely secure uh, RB2 across all formats to more of a flex guy. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think actually the more of the reason that I'm worried about him, I agree with that red zone touches, but also I mean, you touched on it just in the fact that the Colts loved to run the football when they were up, and I just don't know how often they're going to be up anymore. And so you're facing probably more stacked boxes because you don't have Andrew Luck under center, and your coach has shown a propensity for not running the ball when they are down or tied. And I don't think they're going to be winning a lot of games by a lot anymore. So how much are you actually going to get something where Marlon Mack is getting, you know, like, 10 touches on a or eight touches on a drive to, you know, burn the game clock out. Um, I, I agree with you in, in where you're having him fall though. I wasn't really that high on Marlon Mack as a right running back to anyways with Andrew Luck. Um, and he certainly falls down to like a flex option for me now. Um, now that Luck's retired. Yeah. I was kind of penciling in Marlon Mack for a flex option. Um, I generally like to go running back heavy in the top of my drafts anyway, but that's just kind of based on, I mean, you have Andrew Luck, you're going to, you're going to try to use him as much as possible use that big arm. But then you also add Naheem Hines to that mix. I'm not sure if they're still going to try to give him touches to feed him the ball because it is kind of a offensive tell to have Naheem Hines out there catching passes out of the backfield. But 
Uh, yeah, I was I was number two high on Marlon Mack, but who knows? Offensive line is still good. Yeah, he's now he's now wide receiver, uh, running back twenty four, going in the back end of the fourth round, along with like Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, and, and Tevin Coleman, which <clears throat> was a far cry from. I mean, I think he was in the early third or maybe even uh, late second before the news came out. I think that's. I feel mildly comfortable there uh, around that spot. I think I would, there are some guys in there who I think I would still take ahead of him as crazy. As it sounds, I think I would take Austin Eckler ahead of Marlon Mack just because Definitely. I think, because yeah, he's going to be stepping into a well-defined role there with, with Melvin Gordon gone. Um, so I think Gore. I, no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Austin Eckler. I was talking about Frank Gore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say Marlon Mack might even fall down to like the late running back twenties, even maybe running back thirty for me, uh, with this news. I think that's fair. Hey Pete, go ahead and hit the uh, breaking news button. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer. Your center David Andrews has been hospitalized with a blood clot in his lungs, and his season is in jeopardy. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that before we got into the pod. It's rough. I love David Andrews too. He's a great guy. I know him personally. Really? No, I don't. But he should have gone with it. Seemed like a great guy. Yeah, that's a bummer. Any kind of though, any kind of thing like that is like scary. You know, like broken leg, even ACL these days has become like more. It's not uh, career ending or it's something that you can recover from and be your kind of true self. But like blood clots or like weird heart palpitations or like that kind of stuff. That stuff is super scary because that can be career ending if you because you just don't know how it's going to play out yeah it makes air travel difficult for players so that's you're doing that you're doing that a lot in a football season uh the last guy who we were going to talk about in the colts offense hate to give you only a little bit of time david andrews but we hope you have a speedy recovery from your blood clot in your lung and that you're able to play football again uh Finally, Naheem Hines, who I actually think has a slight increase in his value because of this, just because of the fact, like we said, if the Colts are down and throwing the ball a lot, I know Nick had said that they gave some of those third down touches to Marlon Mack towards the end, which it still might be true. But I think Naheem Hines is a more natural pass catcher out of the backfield. And that's why they drafted him to do that. And so I'm thinking that if you're constantly in games and constantly needing to throw the ball around, whoever can pass whoever can catch the ball is going to get a slight increase in volume and especially if he's able to build any kind of chemistry with Jacoby Brissett you're getting something there so I'm not saying it's this is a drastic uptick for Naheem Hines I'm saying like you know if you get him don't think that you're going to get rid of him quickly like maybe keep him around for a while and see kind of how he can what he can do how he plays out uh bold move man you are living much riskier than I am but how I do should we transition to some some fun stuff to talk about here? Some fun stuff? Oh no! Oh, shit. Okay, we got to get through the bummer of Lamar Miller's ACL tear. Oh well, yeah. I was going to have this just be an Andrew Luck dedicated pop, but we could talk about that. We got to talk a little bit about Duke. About Duke? All right, we can talk about some Duke. About yeah, how, how Duke is Duke Johnson's now just like the best running back in fantasy football. It's going to be am- – I've managed to get him in every draft. I wrapped up a draft. Okay. So this is just Nick being like, hey, I want to talk about this topic so I can brag about my draft strategy and how great I've been. 
<laughs> Why if else do we have this podcast? <laughs> yeah, if you listen to RB1, then you know that you should have drafted two because he's probably going to beat out Lamar Miller for the starting job anyway. It's true. So I think it changes, uh, I think it changes uh, a ton, and it, it obviously sucks for Lamar Miller. Um, but I think we get to see some really exciting football with, with Duke Johnson as uh, the, the perhaps bell cow, if not just lead back. In, yeah. in the Texans offense, and I, I think that's really, really exciting. I, I just, I just want to talk about something fun for a second. That's fair. Know? Hey, man, I, I feel you. I feel you. We've been, we've been talking up, uh, talking up Duke Johnson for a while now, especially ever since he got traded to Houston. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see an actual, a more dynamic running back being paired with Deshaun Watson, uh, especially someone who's got a very good pass catching ability, and seeing what they can do with him. Oh, we just. Lost Nick. Nick well, now he- that he's not here, I can say that I'm not that high on Duke Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just kind of not as a workhorse running back. I I don't know. Maybe I could be completely wrong, but I think he's one of those guys that you know you you drafted for the last couple of years to be the guy who could possibly come in as a flex play. Um, I I just don't know how he would hold up uh, behind that Texans offensive line. You just got ripped apart. You got ripped apart by Jordan, Nick. Nick just Jordan just ripped apart everything you had to say. Well, good. I wanted to uh, only have something fun to talk about. My internet giving out during that segment was perfect. (laughs) Exactly. Blow up everybody's roster. We're all Nick knows. We're we're all we're all pro Duke on this show. Yep. Uh, Before we go, any final thoughts for luck? Pour some out. Final thoughts. I wish Clark Barnes was on the podcast today because. The Houston Texans should be on DEFCON 1 for whether or not they are going to actually decide to make a concerted effort to protect Deshaun Watson. I know his contract is not up. I know he's probably not going to retire. He's going to want to get the next big contract. But if the CBA expires after the season and they, in the collective bargaining, they get rid of the franchise tag, Deshaun Watson could decide, hey, these guys aren't putting in a good effort to uh elongate my career i'm gonna go take my chances somewhere else somebody else is going to pay me a lot of money too and that's what i thought of when andrew luck retired is that this could set a precedent for other quarterbacks to take a look at their long-term health and use it as a bargaining chip in the coming months especially if the cba retires and they don't put the franchise tag back in Right. And they should do that. Quarterback should have 100%. Deshaun Washington should have 100% say, hey, Houston, if you're not going to build a functioning offensive line for me, uh, I'm just going to go to a different team, especially if that opportunity presents itself. That's 100% what you should be doing. That would be amazing. That's yeah. a, uh, sending, sending Watson to the Colts is a perfect match. <laughs> that would, <laughs> God, that would destroy Clark. Clark would, Clark would cease to exist if that happened. You just poof into a cloud of dust. Uh, All right, before we go, we did have a listener reach out to us uh, on the Twitter sphere uh, for a little fantasy advice. So I figured we'd give him an answer right now uh, just to see what we thought. Brady Ryan uh, tweeted us saying we were talking about he evidently his commissioner is a dictator uh, and an alleged (laughs) Creed fan. So. This might be a uh, a personal battle that has been brought public. Oh, good. Yes. Are you the <laughs> dictator commish? Yeah, I am, apparently. Yes. I mean, I'm Brady, Brady is a college buddy. Oh, Brady. Well, thank Brady. you for reaching out to the podcast and getting – now we're just going to spend this time roasting on Nick. Uh, 
So the Creed fan wants Mike Evans for Curtis Samuel and Sony Michelle. It's still half point PPR. Nick, what are your thoughts on this trade? Stupid, right? That is funny. Yeah, so I so I offered him that, and then I followed up when he didn't acknowledge me. I followed him up with a a, a second offer of Sony and and Tevin Coleman for Mike Evans. And I'm totally trying to take advantage of him not paying attention. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you just told him on the podcast. He's like, I'm here to take advantage of you. Because that generally... I respect this effort. This is before I, before I knew it was you, I saw that trade and I was like, um, this guy's this dictator commission seems to be uh, taking advantage of you. So wait, what's the question? Does, does, is a good, is Curtis Samuel for, and Sony Michelle for Mike Evans a good trade? In half point PPR. No, it is not a good trade. Whoever has Mike Evans should keep Mike Evans. And the guess yeah. who's trying to pass Sony Michelle and Curtis Samuel as viable uh reward or return is is Ninko Poop and should not I, be the commissioner of a football league. To be fair, I guess it depends on what the rest of his roster looks like. I mean, if he has uh Mike Evans and like Odell Beckham as his two wide receivers and maybe he thinks about giving one of those up to get some good running backs. Mm. I mean, if you, if you want context, he is extremely wide receiver heavy and he actually hit me up and said, Hey, we should, we should talk uh, me giving up running backs for, for some of his receivers. So okay. I don't know. Should we, context should we wait is important actually break this down? Yeah. Break this down. Give me, give me just what his overarching. I mean, I, I think in general, yeah. if you're looking at this, per, if you're looking at this play, this trade, a bad trade but situation is always important and yeah. maybe if you are very wide receiver heavy p- packaging mike evans out in order to get two strong starting running backs back not a terrible move this is our fantasy strategy segment so hopefully <laughs> the listeners can glean something from this exactly for their own purposes this is yeah. how we think send through our questions. fantasy yeah send us yeah. questions at hit us up on twitter at rb1 podcast this is and we'll talk about them this is all going to be my friends being assholes, FYI. But anyway, so so this is a uh, it's, uh, you start quarterback, two receivers, two running backs, tight end, two flexes, kicker, and a defense. His starting lineup is Dak, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Evan Ingram, Malcolm Mack, Tyler Boyd. On his bench is Kenny Galladay, Josh Gordon, Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler, Jordan Howard, Ebron, AJ Green, and he's got Rams and Stephen Goskowski. Um, good ass team. So who's his running backs? His starting running backs are Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, and then on his bench he has uh, Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler, and Brady. Brady, let me give you some advice. Don't trade shit. (laughs) That's a fucking good team. Don't trade shit. Yeah, uh, Brady, first of all, great name. Brady makes a better first name than a last name. Anybody who has the last name Brady is <laughs> probably not a winner. And second of all, I actually like this game a lot. So I don't know if he, he should make any move with Mike Evans. Yeah, no, don't, don't, don't trade anything. Don't trade anything, Brady. Appreciate this, you guys. Yeah, that's what I mean, we're here. We're here to help. Chris Carson and Sony Michelle could be like a one for one. I guess it depends on who you believe in more. Oh, I, I believe like they're I, more I, or less similar. Yeah, I believe I in Chris Carson outrageous. more, but I I don't need anyone. I'm just trying. I was trying to get Mike Evans to be my receiver too. Humble brag. Now I'm just bragging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that signs that shows it's the end of the podcast. <laughs> 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 um. So. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or everywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Google, the whole nine yards. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Send us questions. I know fantasy season's just around the corner. Draft questions, start sit questions, that whole nine yards. Uh, make sure to send them in and we're, we'll happily answer them whenever we get them. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars because you love us and you're excited for the fantasy season. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Pete M. Rogers. Follow uh, Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27 and Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys on Thursday to give our super big, super great, everything you could possibly need to know to draft appropriately fantasy football preview. Um, but until then, peace.